1420, The Answer. It's a Tuesday morning, the 26th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2019. They didn't like the outcome of the investigation. They didn't like William Barr's summary of the outcome of the investigation, and they're demanding that William Barr testify. William Barr says, let's do this. The Attorney General is scheduled to testify on Capitol Hill before the House Appropriations Committee, not about the special counsel's investigation. This is a regularly scheduled appearance on the Justice Department's budget for next year, but you can be sure the Russia investigation will come up. As Congress (laughs) returned to Washington Monday, Democrats also made clear they plan to continue their own investigations into the president and to fight for the entire Mueller report to be released to the public. In the Oval Office, President Trump... We'll stop there. That's good enough. That's the only part of the Fox report I needed. William Barr is going to go before the Appropriations Committee about something totally different, but you watch and see it will take all of 30 seconds for the entire uh, question and answer period to be about the Mueller investigation. They'll find a way to tie it to appropriations and budget if they have to, but that is exactly what they will do, and I, for one, cannot wait. Have you seen William Barr uh, testifying before Congress before? He will turn them inside out like pretzel knots, for crying out loud. Uh, be careful what you wish for, demon rats. Be careful. All right, it is uh, 1010 on a Tuesday, and you know what that means. It is Kersenow time, and Peter Kersenow uh, joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer, uh, uh, Cleveland attorney, of course, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, celebrated author, and also the host of the Kersenow Report on AM 1420, The Answer. Peter, good morning. Bob, how are you doing? Only two more days to opening day and approximately 160 days before what I think is going to be one of the most exciting seasons the Browns have had in 30 years. So I'm psyched. I completely concur on the latter. Not so much excited about We need about to check form. with Hugh, though, on this. We have to check with Hugh whether or not he thinks it's going to be that exciting because he seems to think Sam Darnold's still the quarterback. <laughs> yes, he already wishes he was anyway. All right, Pete, let's, um, let's get into this. There's a lot of ground, obviously, to cover. I've been discussing and so many others over the course of the last 20, well, really the last uh, four days, going back to Friday when they tried to dump this thing, uh, the Mueller report on a late Friday afternoon news dump. Um, but but it's out now, and of course uh, the Democrats are livid. They uh, they say you cannot trust the summary that was given by William Barr because he's a political appointee of the president. Never mind the fact that he was confirmed by the Senate, by the by. But he's a political appointee uh, by the president, and therefore his judgment cannot be trusted. We need to see the full Mueller report. Peter Kersenow, should the full report be released to Congress and or the American people? Well, the president's already said he wants the full report released. I think it's best to follow the usual protocols in such situations, but this is an extraordinary situation. I actually think that the full Mueller report will do nothing to help the Democrats. In fact, it's going to further disappoint them. The bottom line here is, and I think with exception of the most rabid partisans, and it's a larger group than I think any of us would have anticipated, but with the exception of maybe 25% of the population, People are done. The Mueller report was supposed to be the be-all and end-all. The Democrats and their allies in the media, which means most of the major media, assured us that the Mueller report was the gold standard. This was it. They had anointed this guy almost with saint-like status that he was going to issue a report that was going to devastate Donald Trump, show that he was a lieutenant of Vladimir Putin, probably a former flunky for the KGB. And it didn't happen that way. These guys really invested so much in Mueller, and it didn't happen. And I think most normal people have said, okay, that was it. You had your best shot for more than two years. You got zip. So now the Democrats, you know, the first rule of holes, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Uh, The Democrats haven't figured that out. And they have nothing because they 
devoted all of their attention for two and a half years to Mueller, to the so-called Russia collusion probe. They developed no sane policies. Yeah, we had a lot of insane policies like the Green New Deal, reparations, you name it. But they have nothing else. And here they are two years, less than two years out from a presidential election, not having developed bench strength, no coherent policy, devoting all their attention to one thing and one thing only. And I think they're going to continue digging that hole. I think they're, they're really in bad shape here. And the thing about it is, aside from the Democrats, um, the media is in horrendous shape. And I don't think the reckoning has fully settled at this point. It will shortly. But this has been the greatest media debacle of our lifetimes. Uh, this was by far the biggest political scandal, not just of our lifetimes, but this may be the biggest political scandal in American history. I see people hedging their bets and saying of modern times. Well, I was thinking hard over the weekend about what political scandal had greater potential ramifications than this one. I could come up with absolutely none. We were talking about bringing down a government. That's what they were attempting to do based on lies. And many of those folks knew they were lies, not just that they were incorrect or they, they had incomplete knowledge, but they were abject lies. The shifts of the world, the Pelosi's, the Maxine Waters, the Schumer's, and then their, their handmaidens in the media, many of them knew they were lies and continued to propagate these lies. There needs to be an accounting for that. But standing alone with far too little scrutiny for the longest time has been one Barack Hussein Obama. We all know, and I've been saying this, you and I have been talking about this, Bob, mm -hmm. none of what occurred could have conceivably happened without the imprimatur of the President of the United States at the time all of this was occurring, and that was Barack Obama. Yet the media have been strangely incurious about what he did, what he authorized, but we have more than just the, the knowledge that none of this could possibly have happened without a check mark from the very top, but we have evidence of it. We had Lisa Page saying that the President wants to know everything we're doing in the midst of all of this stuff that they were, that struck in Page and other were up to. We had the greatest laughable CYA memo in the history of the world when Susan Rice, literally at the 12th hour after the administration was already out, writing an email to herself saying that the president said, do everything by the book. That was right there, right there. If nothing else convinced you that nothing was being done by the book, that was it right there. But this is something that the media has, has ignored, but I would say that, um, you know, if it's Barr or whomever is going to be investigating this, and I do think there's going to be an investigation because we have a different president today than we've had in the past. That is, maybe the Bushes of the world and others would have said, well, we need to move on for the health of the country. I don't think Donald Trump is going to do this, and he's exactly right. He needs to go after this for political hygiene. This cannot go unpunished. If you let this go unpunished, there's a possibility it will happen again, because Democrats have not learned their lesson. They think they can do this impunity. Same with the media, and they're going to go again and again and again, and we need to root this out. This is why Trump got elected. We even, never even thought the swamp was this bad, but it is. It's a, this bad, and some, somebody needs to be held to account. 
Um, Senator Lindsey Graham yesterday, Peter, kind of uh, echoed a little bit of what you just said right now. I said I thought Mueller was the right guy to look into the allegations against President Trump. He was a man of the law. He had a great reputation. And I fought to make sure he could do his job. He has rendered his verdict. There is no collusion. Now it's time to look at how this got off the rails. Now is the time to look at that. And he is indeed talking about uh, uh, investigating the investigators and, and talking about whether the... And, and you're so right, and I talked about this on, on my own yesterday, too, about the president. You know, it's not just did the FBI... And did the DOJ, with Loretta Lynch in charge, uh, essentially authorize this attempt to take down a president, to stop him from becoming president in the first place, and then to take down a president? Did they do it with the approval of Barack Obama? Or, Pete, what I would like an investigation to uncover is whether or not it was done under the orders of Barack Obama. It's one thing for them to do their thing and the president to know it and nod along accordingly. It's another thing for him to be the one to say, I can't have my legacy undone by this guy taking over when I'm gone. We have to make sure that that Hillary Clinton becomes the president, do what needs being done here. That's what I want to find out. Yeah, and I think, look, it was at the direction of Obama. It was of the ilk, you know, to paraphrase Shakespeare and others. He didn't have to necessarily give direction. He could simply have said, you know, who will rid me of this orange-haired man? Uh, That's what he could have done, and everyone would have understood the message right there. But we have evidence that Obama was not above doing these kinds of things with the under-investigated IRS scandal, for which, frankly, there have been no repercussions. We know that this is what they have done. They were unmasking like crazy in the last month of the presidency. They were doing just extraordinary things that the media, again, completely incurious about. We have extant evidence that bad things were going on, and there need to be a number of individuals that need to be held to account. Consider, among other things, that during the fall of 2016, when it's pretty clear Russians were trying to meddle, big surprise, they've been doing that for the last 100 years. This is not unique. In fact, they were really kind of impotent in doing it this time around. Putin should be really angry with his intelligence services, because usually they've got a more robust effort than simply you know, buying a few Facebook ads and meddling around slightly here and there. That's kind of pathetic for the vaunted Russian intelligence regime. But consider, during this period of time, who was in charge? The most incompetent, apparently, intelligence and law enforcement higher-ups in the history of the United States. And they were under Obama. While the Russians were doing something, all these people are now pontificating about Trump, Clapper, Brennan, Comey, Lynch, Rice, McCabe, all of these folks, these are Obama acolytes. They're complaining about Trump, and they were doing nothing to stop the Russians, and Lynch didn't even give Trump a defensive briefing. What an incompetent... You know what? If, if, let, if, let me ask you this, Pete. I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I want to I follow that up with, with this. The outrage over potential Russian meddling in our elections... Um, by the Obama administration, the outrage by Democrats, how do they justify that? And I'm not suggesting that every election should be, you know, an, an, an open uh, opportunity for foreign countries uh, that have differing interests to try to to try to you know uh, to 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 have an impact on them. But I, I have in front of me something that I've kept for the last three years. 
uh, report from the Washington Times, and it's in other places as well, that the State Department, while Barack Obama was president, paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxpayers' grants to an Israeli group that used that money to oust Benjamin Netanyahu. We literally donated money to impact a foreign election, and yet they're acting as though if the Russians tried to meddle in our election, this is some sort of a you know you know an attack on our democracy, and it's and it's an act of war. I mean, I I just don't understand when is it okay and when is it not okay? And I guess the answer is when it benefits them. That's exactly right. When it benefits Democrats, and remember this: that during the period of the fall of the election cycle of 2016 there was evidence out there and it was reported that the russians were trying to meddle we knew all of this i mean it was it, and we've known it because the russians always do this stuff but remember one key thing susan rice upon being informed of this told the intelligence services to stand down to stand down and now they're complaining about Russians meddling and and that Trump is supposedly an agent of Russia, this is ludicrous, but more importantly, there's some nefarious things going on that need to be investigated, true investigations, not these phony investigations ginned up by false premises, spurred on by liars like Schiff and Maxine Waters, and they are liars. Political hygiene again, Bob. This kind of stuff, there needs to be a reckoning. Republicans have always been horrible at reckonings. This goes beyond politics. This goes to the integrity of the country, the continued corruption of our institutions. We cannot allow this to stand. Peter Kirsten, our guest. We're going to take a time out now and get a quick check of our traffic. We'll come right back with more from Pete on this, or excuse me, on this Mueller report and its impact on the upcoming election. That's next, right here on AM 1420, The End. Peter Kirsten now continuing with us on AM 1420. The answer, good news is Peter's going to be around for another segment after the bottom of the hour news. So, Pete, I only have two minutes here before that last segment. So let me ask you this. You said that you think people are done with this, that they, you know, they've been waiting for the, the Mueller report. They got the Mueller report. They, you know, the president's cleared. This is over. Um, do you think that's how they will vote? In other words, if the Democrats don't let go of this, which they won't, they've already announced they're going to continue investigations uh, that have already been conducted. They're going to do them again. Um, do you think that this will hurt them at the ballot box in 2020 when they try to remove Donald Trump from office the legal way by way of ball- uh, by way of the uh, the vote? I I absolutely do, Bob. I'm not going to be I'm not going to equivocate on this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I hear a lot of people just kind of keeping their fire or holding their fire on this. I think, as I said earlier, I think aside from the rabid partisans, and maybe 20 to 30 percent of them who want to continue to pursue this, they want to make sure that Trump is not an agent of, you know, the uh, who knows what. I, I, I have no clue of the Klingons, apparently, but they're continuing to pursue it. But most people, I think, are going to say, you took your best shot after two years. You continue to allege that this was going to happen, that he was, uh, he was going to be impeached. He was going to be found guilty of collusion crimes, even though I don't know what a collusion crime is. But they kept pounding this, and the media kept pounding this. And two things will happen. Number one is 
Democrats have proposed no sane policy proposals hinging everything on Trump impeachment or Trump removal for office. They have not proposed any kind of alternatives. And in the meantime, while the media has been obsessed with all things Trump, they failed to report. You've seen the data on this. They failed to report on the best economy of our lifetimes. So many different metrics that have been outstanding that make all the previous presidents of the last 20 years look pale in comparison. They Now they're going to have to at least let some of that seep into the front pages because they can't be obsessed totally with with uh, uh, impeachment. And I think that this does help the president. Whether he wins, I can't tell you. But right now, you look at the cast of characters opposing him, they've all, with the exception of one person that I'm aware of, been aiming at Trump collusion to help them secure some type of advantage in the election of 2020. They don't have that anymore. Now they've got to fall back on the idiot stuff that they've endorsed. Remember, virtually every presidential candidate on the Democratic side has endorsed Green New Deal, reparations, and all the other lunatic positions that they've taken, thinking that Trump impeachment was going to save the day. Number of people Mitch, need to be Mitch, by the way, is out. about to call a vote on that. Mitch is about to call a Senate Excellent. vote on that to make it's them about go time on the Republicans record for this. I'm sorry for interrupting, Bob. Yes, you're exactly right. And and it's about time Republicans did something like this. It's about time Republicans uh, grew a set, so to speak. And I think it is happening. And in addition to that, one other facet to this is the media has so harmed their credibility that they don't have the same kind of sway. You know, there, there's, there was at least one study that showed that media bias in the past, before all this rabid bias that we have now, media bias accounts for nearly five points in favor of their preferred candidates. Five points. That's extraordinary. I think they've lost their credibility, so that advantage is going to diminish by how much I have no idea. But a lot of people now have tuned out the media. There are a lot of people who have to answer for their projection of lies or their projection of no fact-based analysis. And I know that you substitute for Hugh from time to time, Bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob, I'm sorry. Bob, next time you're on the Hugh Hewitt Show, I hope you get an opportunity to interview a couple of his regular guests, Stephanie Rule, I know you've done it in the past, and Chuck Todd, and ask them how the heck they could have been one of three things. They have no other excuse. They're either liars, they're dumb, or hopelessly biased, and maybe some combination of all three. That's Because the, they were two <laughs> of the principal proponents of all this implausible Russia collusion conspiracy. That last part, Pete, a little combination of all of those, I think, would be exactly accurate. And by the way, Hugh always invites me, not Hugh, I think it's his team, invites me to host. They never invite me on a Thursday. Chuck Todd is Thursday, his, his regular Thursday guest. I did get ruled once, but I've never gotten a shot at Chuck Todd. I've asked for one. I don't know if they're ever going to give me one, because I think they know I'm not going to... Uh, for that. Uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I, w- I would really love to have that opportunity. Let's leave it at that. Pete, we'll come right back with you after this on AM 1420. Radio. Ten thirty-five. I've got 10 good minutes left with Peter Kersenow on AM 1420. The answer, more analysis of the Mueller report and the bar uh, four-page summary of that report. Uh, to, uh, but Pete, let me, I'm going to ask you a question from a uh, Twitter user, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Twitter uh, follower of mine, uh, who wanted to say this. Uh, question for Kersenow. Does Donald Trump have any avenue for recourse through civil law, since criminal charges may be unlikely, against any of those that may have filed false reports or made false statements in order to launch this phony investigation? 
Um, and I'm going to follow up on that email, or excuse me, that tweet from a, a, a listener, Pete, and also ask, could he not file lawsuits, and would he have any legal ground to do so, against the CNNs and New York Times and Washington Post of the world in the same exact manner that the attorneys representing the Covington Catholic boys have done? $250 million lawsuit against the Post, I think 275 against uh, CNN, and they're not done. They're going to go after everybody who willfully slandered those kids. Um, can the president do anything that's similar? Very, very, very difficult to do because of New York Times versus Sullivan and its progeny. As you know, defamation law in this country is um, conflicted. Um, and there are different standards that apply to public figures, and there's no more public figure than the President of the United States that applies to, say, the Covington Catholic boys. With respect to the Covington Catholic boys, they're private citizens, and so what you have to show is a reckless or fall, uh, a, a statement that's made recklessly without enough research into the, the veracity of it, that is false. And, uh, you know, if it has a negative impact on them, you've got a defamation claim. With respect to public uh, uh, officials, you have a malice standard where you've got to show that they actively tried to harm the individual. That's a very high standard, even though I think, frankly, if you look at the media coverage lately, you could probably say that he meets that threshold, but it'd be very, very, very tough to do. Um, should he do it? Well, that's a political question that you know I'd leave to the strategists. What, what about elected uh, officials, Pete, if I may? Include this in your commentary. What about elected officials? Because there are still Democrat officials who, who are saying, I have evidence of collusion. Right. Now, they're yeah, literally saying this after the Mueller report. Now, first of all, if you did, why didn't you ring Robert Mueller's line before he filed his final report saying, here, I've got something you don't have? But this is after the fact they're saying, I know he colluded with the Russians. Schiff and Swalwell are saying this even now. I I feel like there's, again, that's slander with intent to injure, with intent to harm. It is. There's another doctrine that applies to elected officials, and it mainly it, it applies when they are making statements, quote unquote, in the well of the Senate or on the floor of the House, and they have an, a, a virtual immunity. They can say virtually anything while they're in the, the uh, speech and debate mode in Congress. And it has been extended, not to what extent it would apply in this case. I mean, it's an open question because they've been going on TV shows and saying these kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, that's not but it's generally considered. Yeah, it's generally considered to be extended to their official duties. If they are saying something in furtherance of their official duties, I think that would be a tough road to hoe. And also, you have to ask yourself, yes, in this particular case, we may agree that it's justified because the offensive offenses have been so egregious. But there's this... I hate to use this term, but there's a penumbra effect. Do we want to chill the ability of elected officials to engage in public discourse like this? And and I mean, I think it's horrible, and I think that there needs to be some sanction. But I think what our system of government was was stated was uh, set up to be by the founding fathers is we wanted the full flow of ideas and discourse, and we'd rather err on the side of having people make false statements, inaccurate statements, sometimes statements that are just vile, rather than the potential of chilling debate among politicians. So I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying that the the bar is very, very high. And from it's a really a political question. Uh, And I think it should be decided 
by politics. That's what the founding fathers had envisioned, and that is that if these people are making lunatic statements like this, we've got the ballot box. Unfortunately, what we need to do, and haven't been doing a very good job of it, is fighting back politically. We've had a number of somnolent Republicans for decades who don't fight back. I think this has maybe kicked the bear a little bit. I see, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings got Lindsey Graham going. We've got Tom Cotton. We've got a lot of folks out here who are now saying enough is enough and they're fighting back. And I think that's the appropriate thing to do. And frankly, I think it's much more effective than filing a lawsuit against political officials. Peter Kirsten, our guest on AM 1420, The Answer. Peter, I want to pivot away from the uh, co- the uh, collusion uh, and Mueller report and everything to, and ask you about uh, the Justice Department yesterday. Uh, attorneys filing a letter with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans asking to effectively strike down the ACA in its entirety, agreeing with the landmark ruling made by a federal judge in Texas last year. So we, we do know that uh, uh, the uh, lower court judge's uh, ruling was upheld that the uh, Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional. So now the Trump administration is going head-to-head with 20 or more Democrat candidates for president who are all screaming Medicare for all. He is trying to say even what we have now is unconstitutional and it should be struck down. What's your take? Yeah, I think he's got a winning argument there, both legally and politically. And from a political perspective, yes, there are people who want uh, certain aspects of the Affordable Care Act. But in the main, it has been, if you... Measure it by the standards set by Barack Obama and his acolytes. It's been a failure, an abject failure. It's increased costs, reduced reduced choices. People have lost their physicians. And so if you want to have that battle, let's have the battle, especially when the rejoinder from Democrats, as you indicated, is Medicare for all, which is a political winner for the president for a lot of reasons. And one of them is just simple cost. Medicare for all would bankrupt the economy. It simply would kill the economy. I think most people get that, and if they want to have that battle, let's. Let, I think Trump is salivating at doing that, and that's. I, I think the reason why DOJ stood down is probably multifaceted. One of them is I think they think that legally the decision was correct, but also I think from a political perspective, Trump wants this fight. Uh, just because uh, they're going to have to defend uh, a, a system or an idea of Medicare, Medicare for all that simply cannot be sustained. That's just, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just, a, it's and, just and a numbers I, game for the president. He knows he wins on that issue. Right. I think that's right. And I think what the Republicans are doing, while media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, have obsessed about impeachment and Russia collusion, they have forgotten policies and simply signed on casual casually to lunatic outright insane policies like green new deal medicare for all reparations open borders without even thinking about them they have signed on to these things they've endorsed these things and now they don't have russia collusion as a cushion a backdrop to save them and they're going to have to debate on this and republicans call and and most importantly donald trump is calling them out on these things he wants them to be pinned down on this mitch mcconnell is having a vote on this get them on the record, all these people who are just casually signing on to crazy, lunatic, expensive programs that will bankrupt, literally bankrupt the country, now they're going to have to defend themselves. And the yeah, well, media that's, that, is... Go, no, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. And, and the media has lost so much credibility in trying to provide cover to Democrats. I think people have, I think the Democrats have under estimated the damage 
that has been caused by this, this high visibility attempt to bring the president down with falsehoods and lies. It's damaged their megaphones in the media who no longer will have as much ability to sway, you know, the five to 10% of people who may not be paying a whole lot of attention that are at least persuadable. I think those folks are going to say, I spent two years listening to you bozos. It was complete fraud, a complete lie. I'm not going to fall for that again. I got more important things to do in my life. And you know what? That orange orange man turned out to be right about these things. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially when he's, he's frankly delivered on the promises he made to us during the presidential campaign of 2016. Yeah, and and you know it's it's interesting because you when you talk about the Medicare for all and saying you think most people get that that it will bankrupt this country and so therefore they would not side with the Democrats on this they would have to side with the president I I don't know I want to believe that but look at the number of Democrats who have signed on to the Green New Deal now you talk about bankrupting the country Medicare for all is a drop in the bucket compared to the ninety three trillion dollar estimate that right. something like the Green New Deal would cost I mean, aside from the fact that it's of course literally. Uh, uh, implausible, impossible to do all of the things that they want it to do. Um, and, and, and it just simply makes no sense. If it did make sense, and if it was possible to do, the cost would be astronomical. And it still has a massive number of Democrat support, uh, supporters. And I would imagine, uh, the base, uh, are, you know, especially they just had a climate walkout in schools, uh, last week, uh, all, uh, in support of the Green New Deal. So, you know, there's a lot of young voters and others who are still going to buy into this thing, including the Medicare for All. So I, you know, I, I hope you're right that the president gets that fight, uh, because, you know, we should win that fight, but I just don't know because so many people are blind and delusional. If they believe in the Green New Deal, they'll certainly believe that the government can afford to provide Medicare for everyone. Yeah, I, and you make a good point about that. I think the president wins those arguments. I think he's salivating for them. Mitch McConnell gets that. And again, the media have really shot themselves in the foot, and by extension, the Democrats in the foot. I don't think they have fully factored in how much their credibility has been damaged, and as a result, the blowback against the Democrats. They're no longer going to have the same ability. Now, they're still going to have the ability, no doubt about it. But it's not going to be at the level they had before to protect the Democrats and go after Republicans because this was a big deal and there's going to be a shakeout and a fallout of that over the next couple of months that I don't think it can be quantified right now. Pete, I want to close with two tweets. I'm going to give you the name of the first one and I want you to guess the second one. The first one is from Leader McConnell who tweeted, I could not be more glad that the American people will have the opportunity to learn precisely where each one of their senators stands on the Green New Deal, a radical top-down socialist makeover of the entire U.S. economy. This is from Leader McConnell um, yesterday. Here's the second tweet in response to it, and I want you to tell me who it's from. Quote, the GOP's whole game of wasting votes in Congress to target others on the record for leg they have no intent to, legislation I guess that is supposed to mean, legislation they have no intent to pass is a disgrace. Stop wasting the American people's time and learn to govern. Our jobs aren't for campaigning, and that's exactly what these bluff votes are for. Who do you think it was in the uh, second tweet there that is so against having this uh, thing voted on? 
Well, it's far too erudite for Pelosi or AOC, so I'm, I'm really mystified. I'm no. not even sure they have a command of the English language to put something like that together. Um, <laughs> no, you, you, you named it. You, you, it, was, it, was, it was AOC. It was the person who sponsored, who wrote this ridiculous resolution to turn over the entire U.S. economy, to get rid of fossil fuels, destroy the energy here, get rid of planes and cows uh, and everything else. It was AOC who wrote it and who was sponsoring it and, and, uh, and, and pushing it, and she is the one who is the most upset and angry that they're actually going to vote on. That tells you where they are, Bob. They're in trouble, and I think they're starting to sense that they're in trouble. By the way, before we leave, I just want to let your uh, viewers or listeners know, I'm going to do Bill Bennett's Wise Guys on Thursday, 8 o'clock on Fox. So uh, we awesome. talk about you know, supposed uh, you know, important issues, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We taped it already. Awesome. Thank you for that heads up, that programming note. Do me a favor. Remind, well, I'm going to write it down so you don't have to remind me again, because I want to make sure that I catch that, and I'll make sure to promote it again as well. So it's, it's Thursday at 8 o'clock? That's right. Got it. Pete, thanks very much. Awesome job, buddy. Take care, Bob. You got it. Peter Kirsten now on AM 1420. The answer, it's 1048. Hey, I want to remind you, speaking of uh, watching <laughs> uh, great uh, programming, this isn't television si- side. This is movie side. But uh, The Best of Enemies is coming out on April 5th. Uh, I, I've been talking about this as it pertains to race, race relations today. I'm really, really looking forward to this movie, and I want to remind you, you should check it out as well. You know, we're in a situation right now where there are scandals involving um, college admissions process, the college admissions process, uh, and also even in New York, the high school admissions process. Elite schools uh, having a massive number of uh, the freshman class being uh, of, of one particular ethnic majority, and in this case it's Asians, and one very, very tiny ethnic minority, in this case African Americans. It just kind of harkens back to the days of segregation and equal opportunity to schools for all. And this movie, The Best of Enemies, uh, is coming out uh, starring uh, Taraji P. Henson uh, and Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. Really, really um, a heartfelt story that, that probably... You know, initially is going to be uncomfortable to watch from everything that I've seen. I've seen some screeners and trailers, but is going to be heartwarming at the end. But the best of the enemies is set in 19, best of enemies rather, is set in 1971 in Durham, North Carolina. There was a court ordered integration of schools. And that did not sit well with um, uh, the leader of the clan who Sam Rockwell plays, uh, the leader of the clan down there, C.P. Ellis. This is a true story, of course. Um, so he is trying to figure out a way to stop this, but they are given two weeks before the integration of the schools has to happen to work out their differences. So black civil rights activist Ann Atwater, played by Henson, and uh, C.P. Ellis, um, uh, played by Rockwell, have to figure out how to deal with this and do this because the court has made the decree. And what happens over the course of that period of time and what has happened over the course of the last several decades, because this happened in 1971, is remarkable. These two people find out they have a hell of a lot, excuse me, heck of a lot more in common uh, than they uh, than they have different. You know, their skin colors are different, but inside is a different story. And they end up going from being enemies to being uh, very close friends. And it's just a great story that I think we should all watch and understand. All is not lost. Racial strife, racial division in this country in 2019 can be overcome. It was overcome in 1971 by these people. And there's a great lesson I think we can all learn. So it comes out uh, April 5th. It's called The Best of Enemies. Highly, highly recommend that. And of course, when it's done, or after it premieres, we can talk about it and uh, 
see the similarities and differences between then and today. All right, it's uh, 1051. Let me get one more check of our traffic. Come right back, get a call or two, and if we can, 216-901-0945 on AM 1420. Final segment at 1055 is a short one leading into Mike Gallagher coming up at uh, the top of the hour. You know, it's... um. Really interesting. There's a tweet that I have here from uh, from David uh, that I think is pretty accurate, uh, and it's what Pete and I talked about somewhat too. He said Pete uh, uh, has hit on the most important part of this Russia farce: the direction and the participation of Obama. And we talked about. I talked about it yesterday. Pete, by the way, if if you heard him when I followed up on it, said he's not necessarily suggesting that Obama directed it but that he may have um, kind of suggested it. Who will help me get rid of this orange menace? Or who will get rid of this orange menace for me? Trying to remember how Pete worded it. Uh, In order to protect my legacy and make sure that a Democrat follows me to the White House. Who will stop him from undoing Obamacare? Who will stop him from undoing all of the things that I've done? The Paris Nuclear uh, Accord, the uh, Iran, (laughs) excuse me, the Paris Climate Accord, the Iran nuclear deal. I combined the two there. and that's a very good question. Uh, uh, you know, how much did Barack Obama know, and did he just approve of it? Well, let me back up again a little bit, because what I suggested yesterday that maybe this was done without his knowledge at the beginning. Maybe it was Loretta Lynch, who we know is uh, prone to those various um, covert nefarious meetings with people like, I don't know, the husband of the subject of a federal investigation at the FBI. Bill Clinton on the tarmac, that maybe Hillary, or excuse me, uh, Loretta Lynch conspired with the likes of James Comey and Andy McCabe through their willing associates, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, all in an effort to help Hillary Clinton. Maybe all of this just started without his knowledge. But then once he became aware, because how could he not, he just kind of gave a nod of approval and looked the other way. Plausible deniability. I don't know what's going on over there, but I know what's going on over there, and that's what I want to see happen. If that makes sense, that would be one aspect of this. The other would be what I suggested yesterday, and I said to Peter this morning, that he is the one who originated the idea and said, I need you, Loretta, Jim, do what you've got to do. I don't want to take any chances. You know, Jim Comey, if you actually recommend indictment of Hillary Clinton, her candidacy is over and he walks into the office. Rather than that, how about you get something on him for me? Stop this from happening. Let me know how it goes. In other words, Obama ordered, not just Obama quietly approved of. It was his idea from the beginning. I don't know which of those is true, but it has to be one. Because there is no way, shape, or form that this entire conspiracy to stop Donald Trump from winning the White House and then to remove him from the White House once he did win, there is no way this operated without a president's knowledge. Absolutely none. He was engaged in the election. He was advocating very heartily on behalf of Hillary Clinton. He was very critical of Donald Trump. He knew what had to happen for him to to continue his legacy, for it to survive, for Obamacare to survive, and for all of the other things that we discuss. 
The idea that somebody who is that dialed into this particular election would then just not be aware of an attempt to subvert the the law by getting this phony dossier to the FISA court to spy on them and find out what they're up to and see what we can use against them to make sure that we win, or then to make sure that we can uh, uh, impeach him before he does any damage. All of those things are fair questions. So to David, Peter didn't think that uh, Obama would have directed it. And I don't know if I would go as far as directed either, but ordered? Absolutely. I absolutely can't see that. And hopefully Lindsey Graham, who's kind of the most outspoken member of, of the Republican Party right now, will uh, will order that investigation and get to the bottom of it. That's all the time we've got. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher is next. Have yourself a great Enjoy Tuesday. Bye-bye. the silence.